Y'all ready? Oh, Palm Sunday. It's an exciting time. Um, I, I, I sent an email out to some uh, uh, pastors this morning, and uh, one of the things the Lord said to me this morning as I got up and, and was praying for them and, and, and their ministries was rest in the resurrection. We have to learn to rest in the resurrection, Brent. Uh, when we rest in the resurrection, he said, there you'll find the strength to do everything I've called you to do. But if we always make this thing about work and, and about i got to get there and i got to do it this way and i got to do it that way, then it's really going to be a struggle for us. So I want to encourage you, as we start Easter week, uh, if you, how many have uh, had the chance to see uh, Wednesday night's message or was here? If you was here, you, you, you enjoyed a great teaching by our associate pastor Ted there. Uh, if you weren't here, go back on Facebook and, and watch it because uh, I haven't put it on YouTube yet. Uh, <laughs> but I want to, this is kind of a continuation. Last week, uh, Ted and I were, were talking, we were trying not to step on each other uh, as we go through this. And, I, and he told me what his ministry I said, oh man, go ahead, because that's a leeway into what I want to uh, discuss today. Um, and so we're going to talk about Palm Sunday and the significance of it. Um, and probably over the next couple of weeks, we're going to um, get into this. So you all know the story. Jesus is getting ready to come into Jerusalem, and he tells the disciples, he says, go and get a colt. Uh, you'll find a colt tied up. Uh, get it. If they come out and ask you what's going on, tell them, say, hey, my master has need of it, and bring it to me. And, and, and so be, this begins the beginning of what the church calls Holy Week. And I, I believe that this day that we talk about today sets up the series that we're going to talk about over the next two weeks, maybe three, is this changes everything. Easter changes everything. The resurrection changes everything. And so when we get into this, we, we, we find that Jesus, the disciples go and they do what Jesus said. So let's just go ahead and jump into Matthew 28. Uh, Verse 8, 21, I'm sorry. Matthew 21, verse uh, 8. And again, if you got your phones or whatever, you can look at on the YouVersion app and all the scriptures are there with notes. So uh, it's pretty cool. Um, let's, let's start there, verse 8. He said, in a very great multitude. Now, it's funny, we've got this idea that there's just, you know, the 100 people or, or maybe, you know, the 12. You know, if you go back and study some Jewish history of, of contemporaries of Christ, they, they say there was about 50,000 people in the streets. So when this is a very great multitude, it's not just a few hundred. You're talking about 50,000 people were crammed in as Jesus tops the mountain riding on the back of a, of a, of a colt that his disciples had procured for him. He says, And a very great multitude spread their clothes on the road. So you got to understand what's happening here. Get this picture. Everyone that was close began to take their outer garment off and began to throw it in the road in front of this colt that's walking, carrying Jesus. And, and others 
cut down branches from the trees and began to spread them in the road. And that's why we have the palm branches in your seats. That's why we have them. Because there was all of these people, as Jesus came, if they didn't have their outer coat, they, they began to throw palm branches and they get anything for him to walk on. It says, and then the multitudes who went before those who had cried out, saying, Hosanna to the son of David, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, Hosanna in the highest. And that's what we're going to talk about today. What does it really mean, Hosanna? Because Palm Sunday is all about that word. And, and somehow we've got this idea that Hosanna was a name they were calling. They weren't calling him a name. They were making a declaration about their life seeing the Messiah come into town. And we got to see these thousands of people throwing their coats in the road for him to walk on, throwing palm branches down, and they began to cry out, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. But what's so important about that name? If it's going to change everything or about that word, what's so important about that word if it really changes everything? Well, let's look at the definition of it. Hosanna means save now or save us now. So what they were doing, now I want you to get the picture. He's coming down the road. They're throwing their coats in the road. They're throwing the palm branches in the road. And their declaration is, save us now. This is what we've been waiting on. This is what we've been hoping for. This is what has been prophesied from the beginning of time when he said that Satan, he will crush Satan's head under his foot. This is the promise. This is the fulfillment. And as Jesus comes into town, they are crying out, save us now. They knew who was coming. Ugh. The thing about this word Hosanna is it became a common statement to make to someone. It became a common greeting. Because it went from save us now, but it became a declaration or a wish of safety, prosperity, and salvation. So what I would do is I would walk up to Jody and I'd say, Hosanna. What I'm doing is I'm saying, I'm declaring on you safety. I'm declaring on you prosperity. I'm declaring on you salvation. And it became a common word that they would say back and forth to each other. They'd go, Hosanna, Bob. Blessings, Bob. Salvation, Bob. Prosperity, Bob. Safety, Bob. And they would begin to bless one another with this word after they declared, Jesus, save us now. See, what they understood is what we didn't. They understood Psalms 118. Let's say, let's just say there was 50,000. All crying out, Hosanna. Now, I want you to imagine if you were a Jewish person watch, watching Jesus enter into town exactly how it was prophesied on the back of a colt. They knew the prophecies of how the Messiah would come. They knew that they would lay palm branches can you imagine being there that day and seeing this unfold right in front of you? Watching the prophecy 
of the old covenant being fulfilled right in front of your eyes. And they began to cry out, Hosanna. See, what they knew was Psalms 118, verse 23. It says, this is the day the Lord has made. We know this verse. This is the day the Lord has made it. I will rejoice and be glad in it. But we don't know that this verse is a direct result, is a direct prophecy to the entrance of Jesus into Jerusalem. We call like, this is the day, yeah, yeah, yeah. You've got to understand, this was a song that they would sing in preparation for the Messiah. This is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Look at verse 25. He says, save now, I pray. Hosanna. Oh. Save now, I pray, O oh Lord. Oh, Lord, I pray, send prosperity. This is exactly what Hosanna means. They understood when they were crying out, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. They understood that Jesus was the fulfillment. Oh. Sin now, save now, I pray, oh, Lord. <coughs> Oh, Lord, I pray, send now prosperity. Well, how do you know that this is a prophecy? Because of the next verse. Blessed is he. See, this is not the only time it happened when Jesus entered. It was a prophecy. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. We have blessed you from the house of the Lord. So what was happening in Matthew 21 as Jesus entered the town? All of these Jewish people understood. They recognized the entrance of the Messiah. And so those who were following Jesus began to cry out, This is the day. This is the fulfillment. This is what we've waited for. This is what we've hoped for. This is what we've longed for. Hosanna, safety, salvation, prosperity now. Woo. Safety, salvation, prosperity now. Oh. And when the Jewish people saw this, let's go back to Matthew 21. Oh, could you imagine? They were watching their scriptures fulfilled in their eyes. Back to Matthew 21, verse 8. And a very great multitude spread their clothes on the road. Others cut down branches from the trees and spread them on the road. Then the multitudes who went before him and those who followed cried out, saying, Hosanna, salvation, safety, prosperity, now to the Son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Look at verse 10. Hosanna in the highest, verse 10. And, and when he had come into Jerusalem, all the city was moved, saying, who is this? <laughs> so here comes this great big huge crowd of people following Jesus, declaring salvation is now. Declaring safety is now. Declaring prosperity is now. 
And as they come into the city, it says that the whole city was moved, saying, who is this? We got this idea that it was people in the crowd. No, this was the crowd followed Jesus into town. We go back and look at verse, uh, 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 verse 9. And when the multitudes who went before... So there were people coming into town crying Hosanna, throwing coats in the road, throwing palm branches in the road. And when they come into town where the priests were actually acting out, where the priests were acting out as they walked around the altar and was crying Hosanna. Save us now. There was a declaration coming down the streets of salvation is here. Salvation has come. Prosperity has come. They were trying to make it happen. The others were watching it happen. See, that's the difference. We spend too much time waiting on God to move rather than realizing what he has already done, where he's already gone, and what he has already provided for. He has already provided. Woo! It's so exciting. See, we don't understand because we've been so westernized out of this stuff. The word moved. Say, oh, people's hearts were moved. No. That's not what that word means at all. The word moved. Do I have it up there, Bobby? For the word moved? Might have to give Bobby a minute. His computer's acting up today. The word moved there, it means to rock. It means to vibrate. It means to shake. <laughs> You're missing it. As they cry out, Hosanna, the city itself began to vibrate. The city began to shake. The city began to rock. The city began to feel the presence of the Almighty Yeshua, began to feel Hosanna, began to feel what was coming. And as it coming, it moved the very city. It shook them. There was a vibration in the air. Amen. A vibration so powerful they would look at each other and say, who is that? Because this don't feel like somebody else will come into town. This doesn't feel like what we've seen other Messiah. So, see, you've got to understand, the Jewish people, they had this. Jesus wasn't the only one claimed to be the Messiah. There were other Messiahs that had popped up, but they didn't fulfill the needs. But what the difference is, this day, they watched Psalms 118 fulfilled right in their eyes. They watched the prophecies of Isaiah of the Messiah riding in on a colt. They were seeing the fulfillment, and there was such an energy as they cried Hosanna that it began to reverberate the very foundations of the building. Can you imagine being a priest? You're crying out, save us now. And all of a sudden, there's a shaking in the town. There's a shaking. The whole city. Verse 11. And so the multitudes said, hmm, this is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth of Galilee. 
Hosanna changes everything. Today, I want to talk about that word and how Hosanna is right now effectively working in your life. We have to get away from the idea. Now, I may be the only one who ever thought that in my life. Well, Hosanna was the name they were calling. You know, I can be hard-headed sometimes. I may be the only one who ever thought that, but because we, I mean, most of us in here would say, yeah, we know it means save now or save us now. But Hosanna is working in your life right now because of this entry of Jesus into town. So what did it accomplish? What does Hosanna accomplish in you and I now? Well, remember, what does it mean? It means safety, salvation, prosperity. But what are we saved from? What are we delivered from? What is this jubilee? What is this? Well, I believe the first thing that we can declare today that Hosanna is working on us is in the area of sickness and disease. Come with me. It's in the area of sickness and disease. Go to Acts chapter 10, verse 38. So we're talking about Jesus. Acts chapter 10, verse 38. How God anointed Jesus Christ of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil. I just quoted King James. I don't know if that's what I got up there or not. (laughs) Why? For God was with him. See, the reason Jesus went about healing everyone is because God was with him. He was the embodiment of Hosanna. Hosanna overcomes sickness and disease. Hosanna overcomes because Jesus is the embodiment of Hosanna. He is the one who saved us now. He is the one who brought declaration of prosperity and salvation and safety. And because of him and God with him, sickness and disease has to bow to the word Hosanna. Matthew chapter 12 verse 15. Oh, glory to God. Matthew 12, 15 says, when, when Jesus knew it, he withdrew from there. They were going to kill him. And, mul- and great multitudes followed him. I hope we understand that great multitudes is not a few. Matter of fact, when you see Jesus feeding 5,000, or, or, or the, they only counted the men in those days. They didn't count the women. They didn't count the children. So if we're looking at 5,000 men, we're probably looking at 20,000 people. He says, what did Jesus do when when he, he withdrew himself? When they followed him, he healed them. Well, I just don't believe it. God's will to heal everyone. Then do you have to say that Jesus was outside of God's will? Well, then why don't we see everyone get healed now? I can promise you this. It's not his fault. <laughs> why? Because of Hosanna. He saved us now. Oh, everybody breathe. Okay. But I've been believing God for X amount of years. Why would, why would you stop now? If you stop now, if you, Dave, if I quit believing God for some things now, guess what I'm going to get? Same thing I got right now. 
But I know that he is faithful. And I know that he is able. And I have told you this from the first time I came here. If I fall over dead right here, D better get up next week and preach healing. Why? Because you need to know it's still God's will to heal no matter what happened to Brent or not because that wasn't God. Come on. Jesus, see, in the scriptures we have about 14 set of scriptures that shows that God healed them all. That he was, that any of the sick and any that were uh, in problems that came to him, he healed them. Matter of fact, the only time we see that Jesus didn't heal them all was when he went into Nazareth in his own hometown where everybody said, oh, we know Jesus. (laughs) We know him. He puts his robe on one arm at a time like we do. Listen, his dad was that carpenter. His mom's Mary, his sisters are right here in service with us. We know him, and what happened is because of their familiarity caused them not to trust him. And when they didn't trust him, the Lord said, the word says that he could do no mighty miracles. So the only thing, it says the word says, and he marveled at their unbelief. The only thing that limited God, Jesus, God, from working miracles was their unbelief. And I'm here to tell you today, Hosanna. Changes everything. He healed them all, and the only time he didn't was when they, could, that they wouldn't believe him. Go to Hebrews chapter 13. Hebrews chapter 13. Well, how do I, can, how do I know I can trust that word, Hosanna, today? Because Jesus Christ... Because of Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. (laughs) And the same God who is willing for Jesus to heal them all is the same God that declares Hosanna over you today. He's the same God that declares healing over you. He's the same God that walks upon the robes of people. He's the same one that walked on the palm trees and declared prosperity, safety, and salvation is here now. And he never changes. The second thing that I think Hosanna causes us is in the word itself. We defined Hosanna a minute ago, remember? Safety, salvation, and prosperity. The second thing that Hosanna overcomes is the curse of poverty. See, now everybody gets quiet. Because you're going to talk about money. Folks, let me tell you something. Poverty was a curse. It was a curse. If you go all the way back to Deuteronomy, it says, if you don't do these things of the Lord, cursed will you be. Poverty is a curse. It's not, anybody in here ever been blessed by being broke? (laughs) 
was a, it was a curse found in the law. Prosperity goes back before the law. It goes all the way back to Abraham. Abraham had nothing to do with the law. That started with Moses. Abraham was before the law, and he said that when we follow Jesus, uh, uh, when we fall into Christ and we come along with Christ, it says that we'll receive the blessings of Abraham. You know what the word called Abraham? Hold on to your seats because you might get offended. Called him rich. It's not, a, it's not a curse word. It's not a bad word. Isn't it funny that the people who should believe prosperity, walk in prosperity, and the church has the biggest problem with people being blessed? We want to talk about preachers because they have their own planes. Well, they shouldn't. Why shouldn't they? If you had one and you worked hard for it, don't tell me you wouldn't get in it and fly it. Carolyn will fly from Byesville to the hospital. Just because she can. Well, that shouldn't be. Why shouldn't it? Well, Jesus was poor. Jesus wasn't poor. The Word says, well, he became poor so that we might be rich. But he also tells me that he had a house in Capernaum. It also tells me that he had a man who was his bookkeeper who stole money from him. How much did Jesus have when he didn't notice it was being stolen? Judas, in case you didn't know, Judas was his treasurer. <laughs> Poverty. I'm, I'm, hey, listen, I'm preaching to the choir today. There are times when we need to stand on Hosanna and declare the end of poverty in my life. Now, here's the thing. Before you get all twisted out of shape, prosperity also means more than money. <laughs> prosperity means more than money. So it's not about all money. Go to uh, uh, Psalms 118, since we've already been there. Psalms 118, verse 25. Save now, I pray. There's that word again. O Lord, O Lord, pray now. Send prosperity. What was he asking for? Prosperity. It's okay. I, I, well, you have to let things like this settle because... We, we get, we've, let me tell you something. Because some people have the idea of money and got it twisted doesn't mean prosperity is not a biblical thing. Verse 26. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna meant prosperity. Go flip over a few pages to Psalms 35. Psalm 35. If we're looking at Psalms 35, look at verse 27. Let them shout for joy. Who favor my righteous cause, let them say continually, let the Lord be magnified who has pleasure in the prosperity of his servants. God has pleasure when you're prosperous. That's scripture. God, it pleases God when you prosper. Come on. Isn't it funny? We were shouting a minute ago. 
See, this makes us uncomfortable because somehow we've tied money into pride. And money and pride have nothing. I know a whole lot of broke folks, Sandy, that are full of pride and ain't got two pennies to rub together. Y'all do understand that term, right? I, sometimes I go West Virginia on you. Galen will get it. Some other, Phyllis will get it. Some others won't. I know a whole lot of broke folk that are full of pride. So pride has nothing to do with money. God wants you blessed. He wants you prosperous. He, it brings him pleasure for you to prosper. But do you know what that word prosperity is there? Bobble like this. That word prosperity there, Bob, is the word shalom. Well, shalom means peace. That's only a little bitty part of the word shalom. That's only, Bob, what do you, Bob, I like Bob's definition of shalom. Nothing missing, nothing broken. Prosperity is when there is nothing missing from your life and nothing broken. We, have, we tie prosperity to just money. Prosperity is having more than enough to meet your needs and allows you room to bless someone else. Mm. It's not prosperity if I store it all up. That's called greed. But when he blesses me and then I can in turn begin to bless others. And then all of a sudden I turn around. And somebody's blessed me again. My wife comes through the house the other day. She said, I need shoes. If you looked in my closet, I'm going I'm I'm to tell on me. I have more than she does. <laughs> she said, I need some shoes. All my shoes are old. It's time for me to... So all of a sudden, we get a call. So we go to Columbus Thursday afternoon, and this big garbage bag of shoes her size <laughs> comes home in the back of my car. That's prosperity. Nothing missing, nothing broke. Hosanna. Safety, health, salvation, prosperity. This changes everything. Hey, I even got a pair of shoes out of the deal. Prosperity is the word shalom. And, 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 and we define it as peace. But the word, it's because we're not Jewish. I got definitions up here from uh, Browns, Divers, and Briggs. Prosperity means completeness. Shalom means completeness. It means soundness. It means welfare. It means peace. It means safety. It means health. It means prosperity. Shalom. Prosperity encompasses every area of your life. From your bank to your shoes. And everything in between. How dare we think that God is not concerned 
with the things of our life when Hosanna said, save us now. They cried out and shook a city that changes everything. Susan uh, Perlman, she is on the, uh, one of the officers for Jews for Jesus. She said this about um, the word prosperity or shalom. The concept, in the ancient Hebrew, the concept of peace rooted in the word shalom meant wholeness, completeness, soundness, health, safety, and prosperity. Here's what else she, she brings in. Now, this is a Jewish lady. Carrying with it the implication of permanence. This is a permanent prosperity. This is when he blesses you, he's going to bless you, and it's yours. He's not asking anything from you. He's not begging anything from you. He said, I am going to bless you just because of what my son did. I'm going to bless you because I have called you back into my house. And, in, 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 and we have to understand. So completeness, soundness, health, safety, prosperity, all of it has an implication in that word of it's a permanent thing. Just settled in you. Attached to you is a permanent prosperity. Ooh. Because it's a covenant that can never be broken. So Hosanna gives us safety, gives us salvation, gives us prosperity over sickness and disease, over poverty, and lastly, over every area of the enemy in your life. You have complete victory over the enemy. You have complete victory. If you're wondering what I'm doing, I'm watching them on the live stream back there. I can't get up that high, guys. So Y'all have to fix it. <laughs> it decided to do something crazy. Colossians chapter 2. Colossians chapter 2. Verse 13. And I'm going to read these out of the Passion Translation because I like how the Passion puts this. This realm of death describes our former state. For we were held in sin's grasp. Somebody say were held. You know what that means? Hosanna. Hosanna, save us now. You were held in sin. You're not held in sin's grasp anymore. Well, you know, I just can't help but sin. Yes, you can. He set you free from the law of sin and death. There's no law of sin attached to you anymore. Uh, he said the realm of death describes our former state, for we were held in sin's grasp. But now we've been resurrected. Hosanna. We've been resurrected. We once was dead. Now we're alive. I once was lost, but now I'm found. Why? Hosanna! There was a declaration over my life that said salvation now. Oh, glory. <laughs> Never to return, for we are forever 
alive and forgotten, forgiven of all our sins. It's just who you are. What did Hosanna do, what Hosanna does for us now, Deb, is it has freed us from the very law of sin and death. And now we can walk through life without any fear of the enemy in any area. Oh, glory. Verse 14. He canceled out every legal violation that we had on our record and the old arrest warrant that stood to indict us. Mm. He erased it all. Our sins, our stained soul, he deleted it all and they cannot be retrieved. So all of your past can never come back. Well, my past comes back to haunt me. No, it doesn't. Now, does that mean there's not consequences for my stupidity? <laughs> does that mean there's not consequences for sin that I find myself doing? No. There is, a, there is a law that's been set in motion since the beginning of time. It's sowing and reaping. Uh, but how many of you know Jesus was sown once? Mm. He was sown like a seed into the ground. And all of a sudden that seed came bursting out and brought new life with it and brought salvation with it and now because I am found in him I am hidden in him I have died in him I was co-crucified with him co-buried with him and now I stand resurrected with him and now there is no more on me mm. we stand completely free because we are completely found in him he canceled out every legal violation that we had on record and our old arrest warrant that stood to indict us, he erased it all. Our sin, our stained soul. He deleted it all and they cannot be retrieved. <laughs> Everything we once were in Adam has been placed onto his cross and nailed permanently there as a public display of cancellation. Now, remember Dr. Richard talked about last week, he, he alluded to this scripture, or he might even read it, that when a king would go in and overthrow another king, they would take those kings and those leaders and they would put them in chains and they would parade them around to show their victory. It's exactly what Jesus did. Verse 15, then Jesus made a public spectacle of all the powers and principalities of darkness, stripping away from them every weapon and all their spiritual authority and power to accuse us. And by the power of the cross, Jesus led them around as prisoners in a procession of triumph. He was not their prisoner. They were his. Jesus said, here's all the power of the enemy. And when he came up out of the grave from the seed that was planted, gave birth and brought new life with it, he walked the powers and the principalities of darkness out with him. And it had to even release the dead that were buried around him. 
Because at the resurrection of Jesus, it said that, they, that those who were there even saw their dead walking. That the dead who were buried began to get up out of the grave. Hosanna changes everything. And now every power of the enemy, he walked them around in a public spectacle saying you are free because they are forever bound in chains. They cannot harm you. They, I wasn't their prisoner. They were mine. 1 John chapter 3 verse 8. Who glory. You see why this changes everything? 1 John chapter 3 verse 8. But the one who indulges in a sinful life is of the devil. Because the devil has been sinning from the beginning. 1 John 3, 8, if you're looking. The reason the Son of God was revealed was to undo and destroy the works of the enemy. The reason Jesus came the reason Hosanna was declared that day coming into Jerusalem was so that he would completely, at that point, begin to completely undo. Oh, mercy, folks. He undid the works of the I think King James there says destroy the works of the enemy, doesn't it? He destroyed the word. Well, the enemy just hits me here and he hits me there and he hits me this and he hits me like this. We need to stop. His works have been destroyed. He's using broken tools to attack a perfect people. He's using broken tools. Glory to God. Lastly, Colossians chapter 1, and we're going to close here. Colossians 1, verse 12, from the Easy English Bible. Did I ever tell you about the Easy English Bible? It's a Bible written for people whose uh, language, their first language is not English. So it's written so that other people from other languages can understand it easy. I'm from West Virginia, we speak a different language. So this really helped me. You will be able to thank God our Father and be happy. God has prepared good things for his people to receive in heaven because God has included you among his people. God has included you among his people. And you will also share those good things in that place of light. Verse 13, God has saved us from the dark kingdom where Satan rules. This is past tense. Sally, this means this has already happened. I'm not trying to be saved from the darkness. I have been saved. And he has saved us. 
from the dark kingdom where Satan rules and has brought us in to the kingdom of his son whom he loves. God's son, Jesus, paid the price for our sins, made us free. Yes, God has forgiven us. Hosanna. Hosanna. It rules our life to this day. They were declaring it and we walk in it. They saw it fulfilled in their eyes. And we live it every day. My goodness, what Hosanna has done for us. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for today. I thank you for who you are and what you are in our life. I glorify you in the beauty of your holiness. Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna over everyone in this place. Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna over everyone in this place. Salvation, prosperity, health, deliverance, everything that they need made full right now in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father, for the plan that you had from the beginning of time that we would always be found in you. And Father, let this Easter week, let the reality of this be alive in us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.